0: this is your host Colleen on the Heart A Club podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have a conversation with Brian, a dear friend of mine. We talk about physical punishment, finally seeing parents as individuals, and emotional trauma. This is a reminder that the podcast episodes should not be sent to the individual discussed, in this case Brian's parents. Please respect this and enjoy this episode
1: hello everyone who's listening to this podcast as you know i'm brian i've known colleen as she said since first year almost a six-year friendship now Mm. it's been great like this six-year friendship she's one of those people that definitely very forward-thinking and always gets me talking and she's one of those people that (laughs) helps me basically think about a lot of different issues that come
0: whoa i didn't know that i help you talk or think brian is invited on this podcast because him and I have both talked about our relationships with our parents together before. He knows I have a rough relationship with my parents. I know that he has had experiences as well in his past that's rough. Um, I think today he decided to talk about his dad in particular. So we'll start off with a bit of a context for people listening. What has your relationship been like with your dad growing up and how is it now?
1: Yeah, I would say the relationship between Myself, my father, and even just our family in general was kind of one of fear. Mm. So fear played a massive role where my dad is the man of the house. Um, He kind of took that to heart and basically whatever he said goes. He tends to be very anxious. He has a lot of anxiety um, for like the well-being of me and my brother. But then the way he shows it is very different. We all know the saying like a tiger mom. My dad was basically a definition of... A tiger dad, where he was very results oriented, but then his forms of discipline were very, I guess, harsh. Harsh, yes. Yes. It's a combination of verbal and physical. He never necessarily gave our family in general time to breathe in certain situations
0: so what about now the relationship between you and your dad currently yeah i
1: would say the relationship between myself and my dad has actually been quite good the past few years it changed a lot once i got into university where he kind of saw me more as an adult but right now our relationship is at its peak where he kind of trusts my judgment
0: when do you think the turning point for you and your dad's relationship was because I'm really curious about that because I think my relationship with my parents have gotten better but I wouldn't call it good right now and I'm sure people listening are curious at what point did it did you look back and say hey actually it's pretty good now
1: Mm, that's very interesting I think the summer after first year I think that was one of the first times I was able to really confide in my dad and took that leap of faith because growing up I never really talked to him about any sort of stress or issues i've had um but yeah i'd say first the summer after first year i was supposed to go into kinesiology and my goal as a profession growing up was wanting to be a physiotherapist but then my first year was very tough in a way just because courses i took were not necessarily the ones i thought of them to be i used to have more of a passion for like the major sciences like biology chemistry i was at a crossroads with myself because i wasn't sure if that's what i wanted to do anymore and i wanted to respect my parents wishes more so my dad because back then waterloo's kin program was number one mm. and my dad really urged me to go when i wanted to go to another university
0: mm. let's just say physics got you fucked up <laughs>
1: physics also got me fucked up yes <laughs> to circle back with like me confiding with my dad it was, I spent a few months really contemplating what I really wanted to do. When I made the decision, I felt like I was betraying not only my own passion, but also my parents' trust. Yeah,
0: Your first year in general was quite rough, and that's when we met, which is really interesting that we're yes. talking about this. I feel like we never really talked about it in mm-hmm. first year.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember this like as clear as day. I remember I was back home in Hong Kong in the summer, dad, like, I'm really unhappy with where I'm at at the moment and I really don't know if I want to stay within the school as well as this program. At first I was very scared on how he would take it but Mm -hmm. I realized that, I think he realized that I was really struggling and I was basically on the I was basically crying and I think that's one of the first times I showed emotion voluntarily to him.
0: Okay. You do not usually cry in front of your dad?
1: No. Yeah, that's one of the first times I I, I voluntarily outwardly shown emotion to him like i wanted him to empathize because growing up it's very hard f- for at least for children i feel like it's hard for children to see whether their parents empathize with like what they're going through rather than sympathize
0: i also feel like the male-to-male relationship is quite different too yes yeah
1: like it's obviously easier for like generally speaking for Children and their mothers to like have that empathy, right? Yeah. But then again, because my dad was kind of a tiger dad and he never really wanted to talk about much of his stuff. And again, even now, like my dad has only ever opened up once about his like upbringing and like some of the challenges he had in life. Mm -hmm. But I think that's only because I took that step first Mm -hmm. and kind of talked to him about what I was going through.
0: Okay. So when you confided in him, what did he say?
1: (laughs) He told me that. Whatever I do and whatever decision I make, like he will ultimately support it. But he made it very clear that I have to be able to shoulder whatever burden that comes with it. And that really stuck with me, right? Because I'm actually very grateful how he didn't really sugarcoat anything. He didn't what? Sugarcoat anything. Oh, okay. Like the way he provided me with advice was actually just very straightforward. And it showed me how, like, he took in what I was experiencing and he wanted to provide me with whatever solution that was best at that moment Mm. like the fact that he first accepted what i was going through that i I think that's actually when he opened up about like his struggles before yeah and then that's when he we kind of had that connection and that understanding and then once he basically told me the things i need to be prepared for that's when i was like okay yeah i can do this
0: yeah i find that really interesting because my dad also says things like that where if i go up to him for a for a decision that he doesn't necessarily agree with, he also says that at the end of the day, it's like your life. and um, If you are able to take the responsibility of that, then you, you should make that decision, which is kind of a scary thing to say, but it also is. very true. So back to this turning point conversation, how did that conversation make you feel? And why was that a turning point?
1: It's a great question. I think initially the reason why it became a turning point was because it became within my struggles my dad was able to look back at his own struggles and kind of comment based off his own experience so it wasn't more so a lecture as like i was very used to but it was more so just him taking in and him trying his best to provide advice Mm. because again my dad has never really seen me voluntarily be emotional like that before so i think that's what hit him
0: so you were vulnerable then he became vulnerable too by sharing his experience and that's why it was a turning point okay oh interesting okay
1: but it was a i would say it was a long journey to get to that point because like growing up i, w- I would say our relationship was also very pretty fractured i would say
0: mm-hmm. do you ever wish you were vulnerable earlier if this results was that good or you think the timing and everything were played a factor into it and wouldn't have worked earlier on
1: I think it was the timing of everything. I honestly don't think it would have worked earlier on because I think back then, especially in like lower school, middle school, like this is the way I think of it and the way I rationalize it. But I think my dad himself, he thought he had to be that way to get um, my brother and I kind of prepared. (laughs) I wouldn't say it was the right things for him to do, but I I I think based off of what I know now, and the relationship I have with my parents now pretty confidently say like that's like what my dad thought was best.
0: Yeah. I, I see that with my parents too. And sometimes I even question myself, thinking, I really like the way I turned out now and maybe if my parents hadn't raised me the way they did, maybe it would turn out differently. Like what yeah. if it, what if it was necessary? Sometimes t- sometimes I think about that. Yeah,
1: I I, I think with me as opposed to um, a few of like my closest friends, I think I tend to think about this more than them. Or like I maybe thought about this er- like earlier than them because I guess I could provide a bit more context within like how my childhood actually went because we were going to touch on like yeah, the yeah. physical that's, like aspect of everything that's, right?
0: Let's let's circle back to that.
1: Um, I guess to provide a bit more context here is also my older brother is also a homosexual. So like he knew when he was he was gay in like fourth grade
0: mm.
1: and I was in second grade.
0: Oh, and after. you knew what it meant?
1: Yeah, I, I knew what it meant like I was able to like really help my brother in a way. The reason why I provide this as context first was because with my father, my father kind of disciplined us physically with people call it child abuse now, but back mm. then we just we just literally called it discipline.
0: Physical punishment.
1: Physical punishment, yeah. yes. But like my dad was also quite interesting where it's not just physical but also verbal. So, yeah. Like that I think that's when like the tr- like if we call it trauma, then yes, yes. Tra- that's when the trauma began. Because mm. I had a certain hatred for my father at that time. Mm. Because it wasn't just the fact that he was like physically and verbally uh, abusing us; was because it was compounded with how my brother was already dealing with his own shit at the time, and like my brother basically didn't have any time to breathe. And I took that to heart because yeah. I would try to be the one that to take part of his punishment too. You know how um, ev- most families have a shoehorn,
0: <laughs>
1: like the really long shoehorn sticks. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of my dad's go-to weapons. You okay. Know? Okay.
0: <laughs> I can share mine. Um, definitely a uh, clothes hanger. Feather yeah. duster. I, yeah. Yep. I think that was more like grandparents. Um, they would have that, but yeah, coat hanger. Sometimes they would get so mad they would like chase me with a broom. I don't yep. know if they really actually hit me with the broom, but definitely clothes hanger. Um, and I don't know if that you guys did this in Hong Kong, but we have like obviously very similar geography. We had like hikes and terrains. They would go on hikes. They would literally pick up, they'll pick up bamboo sticks on hikes and be like, "Oh, this would be good. Like this would be good for for like punishment." <laughs> I have actual memories of that. I'm like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> no, that's I, I feel that I feel that. I've definitely experienced that. Like, yeah, my my dad. It was it was interesting. Like looking back now, I actually think it's kind of funny, but. <laughs> it's like my dad had a whole arsenal of just weaponry what the heck till this day at our place back in hong kong we have that same shoehorn he used oh wow like
0: it stares you down
1: it stares me down because <laughs> um that specific shoehorn he also snapped it at one point when he was like kind of yeah. hitting us yeah but then like because he was so cheap and he didn't want to get a new one he taped it up
0: oh my god so it's still at home that's the most asian thing i've ever heard
1: yeah yeah like obviously there's other stuff that he did but then it's just one of those things where like whenever it came to discipline like the physical aspect of everything I tried my best to take it and I remember there's so many examples that I don't even know if I could like touch on all of them but it's also like this this was just the physical side of things when it came to the verbal side of things he would sometimes publicly like embarrass you. Yeah,
0: that's what I. Think. And I think like, that's
1: probably one of the things that really. It's the like, most
0: traumatizing. Yeah, part.
1: that's one of the most traumatizing things. Yeah. And okay, thinking back now, it's kind of pretty jokes, but. <laughs> I remember this. It was it was like when I was about five, my brother just turned eight. Um, we were at like a big family gathering, a big family dinner, but then I accidentally spilled soup, all over myself. Mm-hmm. And then my dad was so mad because. I also got my brother wet, <laughs> and I was and back then I was too busy trying to play my Game Boy. Uh-huh. So obviously I wasn't like engaged in the dinner. So my dad was really mad about that. The fact that I spilled soup all over myself is also pretty bad. So you know how like when you grow up you had to like stand in the corner.
0: Yeah, and you face the wall. And
1: face the wall. Yeah. So he told me in the whole family dinner <laughs> to get up out of my seat stare at the wall and oh, just like shit. stand there until he said otherwise
0: in the restaurant
1: in the restaurant given it was a private room but like it was still in front of all of our extended family yeah so that really messed me up no, I was like, yo. That's, that's
0: humiliation yeah exactly damn
1: this is why i said fear before because i was very fearful of that happening again so i was kind of like oh I, I can never
0: never spill soup he's never never spilled, never spilled soup again <laughs> he's never spilled soup in his whole life after that
1: yeah like because my dad i've also realized that now That i'm older is that my i think my dad definitely has ocd Mm. and he's he definitely wants things at a very particular order or a very particular setup Mm -hmm. but then i never really knew that as a kid because obviously i didn't really know what ocd was Mm -hmm. again thinking back now a lot of the things my dad was very peculiar about it makes sense with what it is with ocd obviously now it's a lot better
0: hi this is your friendly reminder that i know this podcast is very vulnerable But there is a no pity and don't send to the source policy. So please don't send this episode to the source that we are talking about, as well as don't change the way you treat someone because they shared their story. Thank you.
1: From like maybe 18 until now, I'm 24 now. So like from the ages of 18 to 24, it was a lot of things I reflected on kind of like clicked in my head and made sense. Yeah. So I think that's why... I could talk to my parents now because i kind of understand who they are
0: yeah growing up you suddenly realize that they are also a full individual not just your parents exactly i think that's something that's super hard for me um now i'm realizing a bit more obviously as we age we realize that but parents go through a lot too and they had they had a whole in a movie sense right Mm -hmm. like they are side characters and we're the main characters but they actually are also the main characters they had a whole history a whole childhood and they have personalities and certain mental illnesses or certain things that they deal with and that's hard for children to understand and obviously children shouldn't understand that because it's not our responsibilities Mm -hmm. at like 12 or 13 but as we age we we realize that more it's definitely something i'm learning
1: yeah i think that's like something like if it gets to a point where your parents are comfortable with confiding in you like how they like experience certain things i think that helps as well like the reason again like because I took that first step and be, told my parents, or told my dad specifically, that, like, oh, I'm going through this. I'm really struggling, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think that's when, like, your parents really start to be, like, yeah, oh, shit. Okay. I need to, like, kind of change up how I do things. Given, like, when you're that old, there's no changing them. Yeah. Because they're so used to what they know. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, I'm also at a point where the reason I say our relationship is good is because i acknowledge that they are who they are mm. and i acknowledge and understand that everything they do is also based off how they worry for their own children yeah whether or not it's like the most ideal and how they show it that's kind of like i've accepted that it, it's not going to be everything i want it yeah. to be that's why when i say good i i mean it in a sense in the full sense that it's good because i'm able to talk to them now
0: yeah i'm curious uh, like similar to your spilled soup story i think one of the most embarrassing and traumatizing things parents can do is like you said public humiliation one of the things i used to really hate is if my friends came over and we were hanging out my mom wanted to yell at me she would just do it like she would literally yell at me in front Mm. of my friends and I think to be humiliated to be humiliated in front of peers is also really a huge thing for someone who's 13 14 15 because you obviously care so much about we do still now care about how people think about us but at that age specifically we do and that's something I remember was such a horrible feeling yeah I relate to your soup story
1: another example was this I think this is what I'm gonna tell you now, I think this is when my dad's relationship and myself was at its worst. The worst, okay. It was about when I was 14, 15. Okay. I, I remember this very vividly and the emotions I felt. My I think either one of us just had didn't have the best time in a specific tutoring class and we were just kind of feeling out of it. So obviously my parents, when they asked for feedback from the tutor, it, the tutor's gonna tell us the truth, right? So. He was very mad, and then it compounded with other emotions, and he was just flaming my brother in, like, our living room area. Mm-hmm. He wasn't hitting at that moment, but he was basically, like, to my brother's face yelling. And, like, yeah. my dad is also a master of trying to egg you on. He's like, oh, are you going to cry? Cry, you know?
0: Oh, my God. So
1: that's ah! that's kind of when I snapped. My brother's getting flamed. Yeah. I kind of step in. I was like, mm-hmm. stop. And then my mom is there because my mom tries to mediate, yeah. but she ultimately can't because yeah. she doesn't want to get, like, scolded by yeah. my dad as well. Like again, that plays to the fear factor. So like going up to my dad, I was like, stop. And I was like, you you can't just say this stuff. And then that's when my dad like obviously he lost focus on my brother and just go went straight at me. Yeah. And then he saw me clenching my fist. Uh-huh. So obviously my dad noticing this stuff, he tries to egg you on again. Because i'm also also on the verge of tears yeah yeah so he's like oh are you gonna cry come on cry oh are you gonna are you gonna hit me come on go on hit me
0: (gasps) did you hit him
1: i was i was about to i was about to swing but obviously my mom and my brother ultimately stepped in and kind of just like stopped it i went went back in my room and just like punched the wall very hard
0: oh was there a hole
1: not whole. Oh. it was concrete but it was like
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> you broke your fucking fist like
1: it was my fist my, my knuckles were definitely bleeding at the time oh but then like God. I was just livid I think that was the first time I was genuinely like pissed off at my dad and I think at that point we didn't talk for weeks after that
0: damn do you think physical punishment is worse or, or verbal oh,
1: yes okay Um. very interesting question I think verbal mm.
0: <laughs> it's hard
1: it's hard because we know so many cases of physical punishment getting too out of hand, but not always. We don't always hear about verbal punishment getting mm. too out of hand. You mm. know? Yeah. Like especially on the news and everything. Yeah,
0: in society, it's like oh, physical abuse. Even with domestic abuse. Yeah. Um, there's not much on emotional abuse. Exactly. Okay. Like,
1: I'd say emotional abuse just lingers longer. I think. Yeah. Ultimately, verbal abuse is probably worse in the long run, but. In that moment in time, within your childhood, I think the physical abuse you you experience heavily shape how you turn out.
0: Asian kids always joke about getting hit um, growing up, yeah. and it normalizes it. Yeah. It's funny now to talk. It's about. funny now, and it's almost like the physical experience is fleeting, but we don't joke to each other really about the mental, emotional, exactly. verbal abuse part of it. It's actually way more. There's it's way more taboo. Yeah. The closing that I like to wrap these podcasts up is to ask the guest, in this case Brian, if he has a note or a question to say to his story, in this case his dad.
1: Um, I, I would like to say a note to my dad. I've thought about this for a while. The note is I I know what you've gone through within like your adulthood and like I hope I'm able to make you proud with my endeavors and passions right now and ultimately I would like to be at a point with you where we can just sit down have a cigar and just actually be be friends yeah
0: got it thank you Brian for being on this podcast and being super vulnerable I do think having a male guest speaker has been something really difficult to find a lot of guys have turned down Mom, my ask so i'm really appreciative of brian saying yes and being vulnerable so thank you
1: of course thank you calling for inviting me and hopefully i was coherent enough for everyone to understand i hope this podcast has the ability to let people know that ultimately you just need to talk about it
0: yeah So that was a little bit of a heavier and spicier episode. I'm really appreciative of Brian for being on it. Please find us at the.heartache.club on Instagram to contact me for anything related to this podcast. Thank you.